Greetings. Al Kane's interviews for the mind will begin after these messages. Sit tight. Don't think too hard. Are you ready to live a more free, healthy, and abundant life? FoodForestAbundance.com is a community of passionate, freedom-loving people who want to build a free, healthy, and abundant society for generations to come. They're focused on creating a decentralized food supply by setting up forest on underutilized lawn space around the world. And this is just the beginning. They offer landscape design, blueprints, installation, maintenance tips, and a whole lot more. In these uncertain times, you want the peace of mind of having food security right outside your front door. They plan on growing food forest in every community, providing healthier food free from the supply chain. To learn more, visit foodforestabundance.com. Use the code FOOD22 and save 5%. foodforestabundance.com. And now, a word from our sponsors. (laughs) Rotella Resale is your premier collectibles, toys, and novelty retailer. Action figures and statues by Funko, NECA, DC, Marvel, and more. Diecast vehicles by First Gear, Diecast Masters, Greenlight, and those hard-to-find models. Rotella Resale offers Zippo lighters, rock t-shirts, and toys from all the major brands. All merchandise is brand new and ready to ship. Shop now and receive free shipping on every order. Enter promo code VIDEO at checkout for 20% off your entire order. Visit RotellaResale.com. That's R-O-T-E-L-L-A-R-E-S-A-L-E.com. This episode of Interviews for the Mind is brought to you by Royal Organics Ethically Harvested Pure Kratom. RoyalOrganics.us carries several strains of high-quality kratom powder, capsules, and extracts from their product line. It's really the place to buy kratom. Want to learn more about the health benefits of taking kratom? Visit www.RoyalOrganics.us and click What is Kratom? They'll give you all the facts. Or just click the link in this episode's description. Royal Organics has such a good selection of products and free same-day shipping. So it's a no-brainer. Visit www.royalorganics.us. This episode's also sponsored by Fuel Factor X. Listeners, the price of gas these days is crazy. But Fuel Factor X will decrease your fuel consumption by up to 20%. It'll increase your engine life 30 to 40%. Decrease maintenance costs. Increase your horsepower. Decrease friction from your car's pistons, pumps, and injectors. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit savingatthepump.com. That's savingatthepump.com. And it'll give you all the info you need on why Fuel Factor X is such a game changer. They have a 100% money back guarantee. It's EPA approved, won't void your vehicle warranty, backed by 20 years of science and testing. This is exclusive chemistry that won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1973. And you only need one bottle, opposed to the six different products that you'd buy from the auto parts store. Guys, this is great for anything that runs on combustible fuel. Vehicles, lawnmowers, tractors, boats, RVs. So you gotta visit savingatthepump.com and try Fuel Factor X today. This episode is also brought to you by the Impact Defense Podcast, a podcast all about self-defense. 
Meet Brian. He spent over 20 years in the martial arts and self-defense industry. He's a certified combatives instructor, certified defensive firearms instructor, and he's got black belts and multiple styles of martial arts. So listen, as he's joined by Jada and Kylie, both are black belts in martial arts and certified firearms instructors, and they've got new episodes every Monday. For more info, visit www.impactdefense.online. That's impactdefense.online. Now, back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, sit back. Unwind. It's time for our canes. Interviews for the mind. All right. Another episode of... Al Kane's interviews for The Mind. I'm your host, Al Kane. Such a great guest this week. Uh, such a nice guy. And you know me, I love my nice guys. I got on the phone with the hilarious Oscar Montoya. Oscar hosts and guests in every podcast I love. You know, if you search his name on Spotify, he'll pop up in a hundred different things. That's because he's very much appreciated in the LA improv comedy scene. You know, people like him, he stands out, he's different. And he's so dang personable. And you really catch that in HBO's new series, Minx. He plays Richie. He's one of the main characters. And the show's a really fun watch. So check that out after or before my interview with Oscar Montoya, which starts right now. How you doing today, Oscar? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm glad to have you on the show because... I've always liked your podcast. You know, I, I always get excited when I see you in other people's podcasts. You know, you're on podcast oh for Ride, <laughs> Doughboys, Newcomers, and you're a great guest. You know, so why why do you think that is? As, as a podcast host yourself, what, what makes a good guest? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, thank you so much for for, for that. Um, I, I truly love. Uh, first of all, I, I mean. I love talking. That's why I do all these podcasts. But I, I really, you know, it's, it's as you know, for someone who has a podcast, and I'm sure guested on other people's podcasts, there is something really cool of sort, sort of like hanging out at someone else's house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and seeing sort of like their chemistry, their process, like how they do it. It's all really fun and really cool, especially like with podcasts like Doughboys or um comedy bang bang or uh podcast the ride these like very popular established podcasts it's cool to sort of be considered like a guest and to be like having this really nice rapport with all the with all the hosts you know so right. I, I mean i truly love it and i'm such a dork about very specific things i i geek out on very random specific shit so i love like learning about stuff and also teaching people about stuff so whenever i get to talk about like my niche interest to strangers mm. i'm all about it and you're almost allowed to talk about your yourself right because when you're a host you can't really do that and so when you're on oh, someone no, else's yeah. podcast you just keep going you're, that's your job absolutely yeah you cater to um the guests you know the guests you, you gotta make them feel comfortable you know mm. and so i i have experience you know being in podcast, so it, it doesn't take me uh, a lot to warm up, you know, like, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to talk about, I'm an open book mm-hmm. in every podcast that I uh, guest in. You, you, you've been doing it for a while now, you, you hosted Spanish Aki Presents for a couple of years, and that started as a an yes. improv group, right? How did that come together? At, yes, yes, so, um, 
So Tony Rodriguez, Carlos Santos, Rise of the Fan, myself, we were part of a team called Improvisos Peligrosos, which was a half fluent Spanish improv team. And the other half only took remedial Spanish courses in high school. Mm-hmm. And we did a Spanish language improv set, which was very fun, really great. But when we were starting to do shows, we're like, I think there's like, the vibe is like, we all gel really well, all four of us. And, um, people seem to like us and we were the only ones like really consistently showing up for shows. So we're like, let's just form our own thing. And let's, let's make the first, that was our goal was to make the first ever all Latinx comedy show in LA, which incredibly enough had did not exist before Spanish actually presents. Right. So we did that and it was incredibly successful. And there you Wolf reached out to us. And that's the birth of Spanish Rocky Presents, the podcast, which is really great. As a fellow Latinx person, I, I think it's great that there's so much like representation in improv comedy now. Because I think just five years ago in improv comedy, it'd be viewed as a very white form of entertainment, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I started out forever ago, I mean, I started doing improv in 2010. Jeez, Louise, it's been that long. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it was... POC and improv spaces were tokenized. There wasn't enough of us to go around, and so we were always sort of separated from each other. There was always maybe one person on a one Latinx person in a team, maybe two women in an improv team. Uh, you know what I mean? It was just so it was such a straight. Right. I mean, white, at that point, I think SNL has only had two Latinx performers: Horatio Sands and Fernandez. And I think that was it at the time. And uh, which is at the insane. time, exactly nuts. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, if that isn't a reflection of where we were in the comedy community, uh, yeah, that's that that's telling. That's very very telling. Was it hard to fit in in this like in this boys' club? You know, when you first started. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh totally. Yeah. I mean, when people look at you and you make culturally specific jokes or like references to uh, being Latinx or like for me being queer. And I would get like blank stares from <laughs> my white theme partner. I would be like, Oh, I'm not welcome here. And like that was typically the vibe when I started doing improv until I found other people of color and other queer people in the comedy space. Then I didn't feel like I was a freak alien anymore. And I was like, Oh, not only do I not feel like an alien, but I am funny, <laughs> which is something that I never thought I was when I was surrounded by white people doing comedy. You know, I, I think we see a very similar type of progression in, in Disney films. I know you're, you're a podcast host of, uh, <laughs> of inside the Disney vault, you know, something I love. I'm a big Disney That's fan. Right. And uh, you started years ago with the very first Disney movie. And now you've hit present day films where there's certainly, you know, more Latinx representation in films. Do you, do you like the way Disney portrays us? I, you know, it's very funny because, you know, now it's so weird because the latest Disney movie is Encanto, which is about Colombia, which is where I'm from. Right. I was lucky to work in that movie. So that was, that to me feels like a nice full circle moment for me. Oh, that's right. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So like that just was incredible. And the, and the amount of care and research they put into this movie i was sort of i was like shocked i was like y'all are really doing your research up in here like it was incredible and then you rewind and look at stuff some problematic stuff from like the early you know the early 
40s of just Latinx representation. <laughs> it was a little, you know, you look at like Saludos Amigos, um, and it, it was a well-meaning movie because it truly was like, look how cool and exotic Latin America is, but still there were parts that were a little cringe, you know? Right. Um, to see that development and that growth says a lot about a company, and uh, I, I'm so happy that they're, they're really putting the care and attention to other cultures as, the, as, as well they should, you know? I, I was blown away by Encanto, too. My, my dad is my dad's not Colombian. He's he's white, uh, but he lives in Colombia. Actually, not too far from where you're from, right? He, he's in Cali, right? That's not... Yeah, yeah, that's the closest city to where I live. I'm from Palmito, but Cali's like the closest city from where I live. Yeah. I, I've heard your story before. I forget where. I think it was like the, the Box Angeles show you did one, one time. And, That's right. Uh, yes, yes, yes. The way you, you spoke about your, your upbringing, it was, it was so kind of similar to mine where uh, you had a, a black father, but I had a white dad that came over and uh-huh. and did that. And I, I was kind of a, a halfie, too, <laughs> in the same way. No way. Okay, so, yeah, halfies represent. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican, though. Yes, yeah. So you're half Puerto Rican. You're half Puerto Rican, half white. Yes, yeah. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> and half Jewish, which we just found out this year. My my father was hiding that for my whole lifetime. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, his last name was Kapintansky, and his his father <gasps> wanted to hide it and and changed his name to Kane. And my whole life, I was told I was Italian. No way. Yep. <laughs> so, are you thinking of? Switching your last name back to the original name, or are you like? Uh, no, I, I think people know me so well as Kane that I couldn't. But right. I, part of me really wants to. I love Jewish culture, especially in comedy. So yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. to. <laughs> See, you always knew deep down inside. Why Kirby Enthusiasm <laughs> is my favorite show. <laughs> right, it's a great show. Awesome, I love that show. You were on that show one time, weren't you? I was not. No, I, no. I did Reno nine one one. You gotta get on that. There's another season come up. You gotta get a. a I know. Well, listen. They just all they need to do is ask me, and I'm I'm down. <laughs> so, uh, so, <laughs> so going back to the Disney movies, uh, from watching all these movies, uh, what was the biggest surprise? Like, what did you not expect to like or dislike? Well, it's interesting because like I don't know what your um, history with Disney is, but I came into the podcast as a complete skeptic. I before I didn't have. Disney growing up, it was a cultural blind spot for me. I'd seen maybe two Disney movies before that. But when I moved to Los Angeles, I was weirded out by the amount of um, adult Disney fans there were. I was just like, isn't this for kids? Like, yeah. why, are, why is everyone so obsessed with it? And uh, my friend Claire, who was a co-host on the podcast, took me to Disneyland to be like, okay, this is what the, the hype is about. And I fell in love with it, but I didn't get any of the references so I teamed up with Claire and our friend Rachel Chapman, and we all started uh, inside the Disney vault. And who are, it was who are fanatics. For me to watch they, they, they love Disney. They grew up in Disney, right? And those two are huge Disney freaks. Absolutely, yeah. So um, it's interesting to watch the uh, all these Disney movies in chronological order with two Disney heads. And also for me, like a complete spec- uh, skeptic, someone who like was not expecting to fall in love with Disney the way that I'm in love with it now, uh, to fall in like I mean I like the darker stuff like I like the Black Cauldron I like the Hunchback of Notre Dame Me is an too. unsung one of my favorites. I, I love Hunchback so, so freaking good. much. Emperor's New Groove is like a fave of mine because it's 
just, I think, perfect uh, to yeah, yeah. But I think the biggest surprise for me was loving The Lion King. You know, I typically don't love movies everyone loves, you know, mm-hmm. but with The Lion King, it is just a perfect film. Yeah, it really is. It's so good. Yeah. It's so, so good. You don't want to be lame to say that you like The Lion King. It's everyone's favorite, but it's probably the best. I it's know. incredible. I, well, I watched it being like, because, okay, here's the thing. If I'm being perfectly honest with you, Al, I watched The Little Mermaid and beating. These are movies that, like, are for, especially, like, my generation, for the people who grew up around my time, like, these are the golden, like, years of Disney. Mm-hmm. These are movies you don't hate. You have to love these movies. I did not like them. I didn't like The Little Mermaid. I didn't like The Beauty and the Beast. So when Lion King showed up, I was like, oh, no, this is another one I won't like. And I just loved, from that opening number, Circle of Life, I cried. I'm not embarrassed to Me say too. I cried like a baby. Yeah. And you you know great. what, too? I, I When COVID first started and we had the lockdown and stuff, I watched uh, all, all the regular Disney movies. You're onto the DCOMs and stuff like that, which is crazy. But Have you watched the... I, I, I saw them growing up, but I haven't done them all like you're doing now. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say, like, we're almost done with our DCOMs. We just we just uh, released the Team Beach episode, and that came out in 2015. So we're almost there, which is crazy to say. And what a drop-off in quality, I imagine, from the other <laughs> Disney movies. The weird thing is that it's all inconsistent. It, you, there's a drop off, and then there, you get your high school musicals, and then it's like, okay, there's a lot of money going into that. And I would say Team Beach is another one they put a lot of money in. So it's just inconsistent. And then the next decom is just literal trash, the movie. So That's what it's, called, it's trash. just so funny. But yeah, what I was gonna say though is I, I rewatched all the classic ones, and I agree with you. Like when you watch A Little Mermaid or even Beauty and the Beast, there is something missing from all of them. They're kind of they're not complete stories. It's hard to root for the main character because they're such ditzes, yeah. you know, where Lion King doesn't really have that problem. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think also there's a nostalgic factor that I don't have yeah. that a lot of people do have, you know, because these movies they watched when they were kids and they have a, an affinity to them, you know, like for me, the movies I grew up watching are the Poltergeist movies. Like those <laughs> are the golden, like horror, I grew up on horror movies, so I'm obsessed. So, like, Poltergeist, even though I recognize that they are bad, I grew up watching them and loving them as a kid, so that's a very nostalgic favorite. So I can imagine people being like, well, no, a lot of it is a sentimental right. love for the movies. But Similar I don't to, like, that, uh, so. what Batman Forever was for me growing up, yeah. Uh-huh. Another great movie, by the way. Great movie. <laughs> and Batman and Robin, both both amazing movies. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa, slow down. Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we mentioned all these these DCOMs, these Disney Channel original movies. Uh, mm-hmm. So, they, yeah, there had to be some horrible ones. What, what is the worst Disney movie you've seen? Is it had, Was it a DCOM? Oh, my gosh. I, I talk about it all the time on the podcast. I, to me, the litmus test of just, like, the bottom of the barrel worst. It, this, is, this, this is another one. A lot of people actually like it, but I there's a movie called um, Alley Cat Strike that I hated so much. I listened to that um, episode. I, I haven't seen that movie. I don't. I don't even remember it being available. It's like these kids that like live in the early 2000s who are obsessed with 50s culture and bowl, and it's so boring. And I, that era of decoms were just awful. That one is really bad. And then there's another one, and I hate to say it because as a Latinx person, I feel like I'm betraying my race. 
But there is a Latinx decom movie called, um, what's it called? Gotta Ready to up. Run. Because there's one called Gotta no. Kick It Up with America Forever. Right. Oh, that one's great. With America Forever, yeah. Gotta Kick It Up? I recommend. Si se puede, absolutely. <laughs> um, there's another one called Ready to Run, I believe. I think it's what it, it's been blocked out of my mind. But it's about a girl who can talk to horses, and it is so bad. Oh, my it's God. so Bad. I don't even remember those it's ones those coming out, so I think they had to like sweep it under the rug a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things they released, and they were like, "Let's just move past this. Let's just." <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it never happened. At one point, I think for two years they were releasing a movie a month. So think about like they how much were. effort that is. Yeah, <laughs> they certainly were, and you could tell the budgets were very, very tight. You know. Yeah, that was like the the dark days of the of the decoms. Now they release them like they release I think maybe three a year, which is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. But when they were releasing, oh, and there's so many that people just have forgotten. The Jenny Project, for example. I mean, uh, True Confessions, which stars Shia LaBeouf as someone with like a mental disability, right, which is that. just yeah. not okay nope. at all. Um, yeah, it's just it's, it's it's there's some bad bad ones out there. I always, uh, always like Smart House. I think Smart House is all right. Uh, oh, I mean, those are classics. Like Smart House, you got your 13th year. Right. You got The Luck of the Irish. And my personal favorite, um, uh, Brink, which I don't know if you've seen. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Rotella Resale is your premier collectibles, toys, and novelty retailer. Action figures and statues by Funko, NECA, DC, Marvel, and more. Diecast vehicles by First Gear, Diecast Masters, Greenlight, and those hard-to-find models. Rotella Resale offers Zippo lighters, rock t-shirts, and toys from all the major brands. All merchandise is brand new and ready to ship. Shop now and receive free shipping on every order. Enter promo code VIDEO at checkout for 20% off your entire order. Visit RotellaResale.com. That's R-O-T-E-L-L-A-R-E-S-A-L-E.com. This episode of Interviews for the Mind is brought to you by Royal Organics Ethically Harvested Pure Kratom. RoyalOrganics.us carries several strains of high-quality Kratom powder, capsules, and extracts from their product line. It's really the place to buy Kratom. Want to learn more about the health benefits of taking Kratom? Visit www.RoyalOrganics.us and click What is Kratom? They'll give you all the facts. Or just click the link in this episode's description. Royal Organics has such a good selection of products and free same-day shipping. So it's a no-brainer. Visit www.royalorganics.us. This episode's also sponsored by Fuel Factor X. Listeners, the price of gas these days is crazy. But Fuel Factor X will decrease your fuel consumption by up to 20%. It'll increase your engine life 30 to 40%. Decrease maintenance costs. Increase your horsepower. Decrease friction from your car's pistons, pumps, and injectors. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit savingatthepump.com. That's savingatthepump.com. And it'll give you all the info you need on why Fuel Factor X is such a game changer. They have a 100% money back guarantee. It's EPA approved, won't void your vehicle warranty, backed by 20 years of science and testing. 
This is exclusive chemistry that won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1973. And you only need one bottle, opposed to the six different products that you'd buy from the auto parts store. Guys, this is great for anything that runs on combustible fuel. Vehicles, lawnmowers, tractors, boats, RVs. So you gotta visit savingatthepump.com and try Fuel Factor X today. This episode's also brought to you by the Impact Defense Podcast, a podcast all about self-defense. Meet Brian. He spent over 20 years in the martial arts and self-defense industry. He's a certified combatives instructor, certified defensive firearms instructor, and he's got black belts and multiple styles of martial arts. So listen, as he's joined by Jada and Kylie, both are black belts in martial arts and certified firearms instructors, and they've got new episodes every Monday. For more info, visit www.impactdefense.online. That's impactdefense.online. Now, back to the show. Every person my age loves Brink. That was one I could never get into. Ah, Brink is so good. What are you doing? You know what I liked? Uh, uh, Double teamed. Double teamed. Yes, that's that's a good one. The twin basketball one. That was really, really great. I also love the color of friendship, which is a controversial. It's not controversial. It's not. It's not funny. It's like mm-hmm. the. It's like a serious movie about apartheid, and its reflection to American racism in the 1970s. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember that it's being like scary. well, like covered, well rated at the time. I don't know. It, yes. did, did it age well or? It aged. It aged really, really well. I wow. think it still holds up, and I think it's honestly, I'll say it's a very important movie. I think people should watch it. It is a drag. It's not like a fun decom by any. It's not Xenon, you mm. know what I mean? But it is. It's it's a really good one. And you like the Cheetah Girls? I've heard that you're a oh, big fan of the Cheetah my Girls. God. The Cheetah Girls are it's the perfect. No, nothing could knock down the Cheetah Girls. It is the best piece of art, I think. If anything, I uh, like the. It's all worth doing because of the Cheetah Girls. And mm-hmm. the whole trilogy is iconic. you got to watch all three. I've never seen the sequels. I, I listened to the two episodes you guys did, but I've never seen the sequels. Wait, wow. you haven't seen the second Cheetah Girls? No. Okay, well, you have homework to do. do you got to watch Do they, do they have Raven Simone? One of, the, one of them doesn't have Raven Simone in it, right? The third one doesn't have Raven Simone. Right. But the second one has a lot of Raven Simone, and it is wild they go to spain and it is so excellent it's so good it's so good how you have to watch it i'll watch yeah i'll absolutely watch yes you know from listening to all these podcasts i I get to like root for you you know when i see you and stuff you know when i see you in commercials i'm like hey that's oscar (laughs) you know it's pretty cool (laughs) that's so nice but, uh, That's so sweet. Thank you. No problem. And it's especially great to see you in this new series, Minx, uh, because it's a big role. And Richie is a character. you know. So can you, can you tell me about Richie? Uh, was he a character that you got right away, or did that take some time to get to know him? Well, you know, so Richie is the photographer at Bottom Dollar Productions, specifically the magazine Minx. He used to be a makeup artist for um, Jake Johnson's company, who's uh, I mean, everyone is fantastic in the show. Mm-hmm. Jake Johnson is out of this world, next level, just like and, he's, and he's such so a great likable. Like, he's which is crazy because he's a sleaze. Like he's he is the head of a sleazy sort of, right. uh, for lack of a better word, kitty mag like you know sort of kingpin. But he plays him with such charm and humanity mm-hmm. 
And that's the big thing about the show. Like every single character is play. They feel human. They're all human beings. They feel real. They're funny and they're all relatable, you know? Right. And I hope that, you know, Richie is also like that. Um, but he is uh, a makeup artist that became a photographer because no dude wanted to take pictures of men's penises. And Richie was like, I'll do it. I mean, whatever. That's fine. Um, and uh, you see him in the show sort of come to his own as an artist, mm. uh, which is a very exciting thing because before he was never even given the opportunity. I mean, it's the 70s, it's 1972. He is Latinx, you know, he is gay. There's very little opportunities for him, especially considering that there's incredibly limited sense of mobility in the workplace for, for Richie, especially in the entertainment industry. Mm. So for him to discover photography and then discovering that he is an artist, like all these white people that he adored, but didn't think he fit in. Um, and to have them accept him in the circle, like that, that was huge, you know? Mm. And so to play that character, I mean, what a dream to, to play all of that, all of that, like all of that juiciness for what could have been a two dimensional character, a caricature, if you will, you right. know? So I was, I was incredibly lucky that the writers gave Richie dimensions, gave Richie wants, goals, dreams, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, it was easy to play a three-dimensional character in an honest way because the more there is to latch onto, the easier it is to play rather than a cartoon that feels like a cardboard cutout, you know? Right. Um, that's easy to do, but easily forgotten about, you know? So I hope it, Richie sticks with people, you know, and Absolutely. I hope people love Richie. And I think people do love Richie. I think, honestly, I'm not even just saying this because I, I, you know, I'm a fan of your work, but he's one of the best parts of the show. His outfits are, are awesome. They're so bright. Oh my God. <laughs> They're nuts. <laughs> uh, how does that work? Is that old wardrobe? But give a say of what he wears. How, how, do you, how do you get those together? Well, that is all thanks to our, our costume designer, uh, Beth Morgan, who is just amazing. She is fantastic. She used to do... Uh, the wardrobe for Glow on Netflix, if you remember. Yes. Um, another period piece that just looks stunning. So she had a clear direction for Richie in terms of outfits. And I was like, yes, please go ahead. And like the difference between Richie and I is I am very comfortable wearing looser clothing. I'm like, I like wearing bad clothing. I like wearing XXL t-shirts, like just the bigger, the better for me. Uh, and Beth said, no, Richie's wearing the tightest clothes you will ever find in your entire life. So uh, I was very, <laughs> I have worn the tightest clothes I will ever wear in my entire life, thanks to this show. Um, and also, I wear a lot of cutoff shirts. I wear a lot of tanks mm-hmm. as Richie, and I don't ever show my arms at all. I'm also covered in tattoos. So what's interesting, I mean, what's cool about the the whole process is that I had, you know, uh, tattoo coverage and you don't see uh, the tattoos that I have as Oscar when you see Richie. So like when I see Richie on TV, he just looks so not like me at all because yeah, of course I, I don't have a fashion, but also like my tattoos are gone. Like I'm like, where are <laughs> I have an entire sleeve. Like that, my arms are covered in tattoos. Oh yeah. It was two hours of uh, tattoo coverage really? every single day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was great. Also, like, listen, I love, like, most people would be like, oh, that sucks. But I loved the makeup team. Carly and Levi 
and all the hair people like I, they were my friends i like they were the ones i like par- like hung out with and mm-hmm. like they it was great for me it was just a treat to hang out with them for as long as i could if, if the people at uh at hbo you know paul feig or whatever he says we'll sign you on for two more seasons of of minx but you have to get all your tattoos removed would you do it <laughs> like laser removed yeah like actually removed I will say because Paul is the sweetest man alive. I've heard that. I would do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Paul Paul is Paul is amazing. There are two people I'm gonna say I'm gonna go on record to say this, that there are two people that I have met in my professional career mm-hmm. that have taken my breath away with how nice they are. And those people are Paul Feig and Paula Tompkins. So the two Pauls are the nicest human beings. And not only are they named Paul, but they're both the sharpest dressers you will ever they meet. They really are. They both know how. And do you know uh, Do you know Mitch Silpa? I don't, no. Uh, he's, he's a fellow improver, and uh, he had the exact words to say about Paul Feig. He, he worked with them with like, bridesmaids oh. and stuff like that, and they ex- mm-hmm. expressed it the same exact way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, if you meet, if you ever have the chance to meet either one of them, both of them, Consider yourself the luckiest person alive. They are the nicest people. And geniuses. I, I, I was listening. I was watching Comedy Bang Bang. Oh. I, I'm actually a little new to Comedy Bang Bang. Uh, I, I have been watching mm-hmm. YouTube videos of it, and Paul F. Tompkins, every skit he's in is amazing. He's, they're just so funny. It's actually infuriating because I'm like, Paul F. Tompkins does not have to be as nice as he is, and yet he chooses to be nice yeah. and funny. And smart and charismatic and friendly and I'm like, come on, that's too much. Be a little bit, be meaner, Paul. Come on. <laughs> now, uh, it, it, you mentioned uh, there's a lot of penis on this show. You know, there's lots of bushes. <laughs> are, are are they all uh, prosthetic or is there a mix? There is. There's a mix. There's actually more real penis really? than prosthetic. And that's all thanks to the dick montage in the pilot episode. That's right. I mean, all of those are real penises, no CGI, no air. That was all the real deal. Some tiny ones, too, which, which made me think that those people were brave. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Like, it, it, there is a point of pride with Minx showing the amount of penis diversity. You know, mm-hmm. we got all kinds, short, tall. <laughs> That is, that, is there, is, yeah, and shout out to the to the actors who were able to bear it all because you know there's there is bravery to that, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I salute to them. I salute them all. <laughs> is there a getting used to period, or do you forget it's there? Listen, I I think I've seen more penis on the show than I've ever seen in my entire life. And uh, that first that first day in the montage, I was like, oh my god, because you know everything is done really classy there's an intimacy coordinator katie who's just fully on top of it it's a closed set so not the people that don't have to be there are not there you don't see them but i was there to take polaroids of the pictures because you see them later on where where they play that game of uh, matching the penis to the uh to the person and uh i was like oh my god i'm about to see 36 live penises in front of me and i have to take a picture of them with a polaroid camera which does not zoom and so i have to be up close and personal to each person's member and so for the first three i was like so nervous because i was like i hope they don't think this is weird like i'm not 
I, I hope I'm not being too weird about it or whatever. Mm. So, you know, it happened, and then it was, they didn't care. And for them, because, you know, it's like, they were so comfortable and they were so nice. And I was like, what's the big deal? Yeah. Oh, my God, what's the big deal? Yeah. For dangly flesh, whatever. And then after that, it was so, no. I mean, nudity to me is like nothing. <laughs> I, it's so funny to me how people think it's such a big deal. It's just bodies and all kinds of bodies. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like let's celebrate all bodies. Like, that's hopefully... That's a big thing on the show. Like, we are able to see all kinds of penises and all kinds of bodies. Like, let's celebrate that. You there know? has to be a record. I think this has to be the show with most penises. I don't think there's been one more. Yes. I don't know what the official thing, but I would be hard-pressed to find another show with as much penis as this one. <laughs> I mean, the show's about penises. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's like we can't not deliver. Yeah. But uh, it must be cool working on a, on a period piece, you know, especially 1970s L.A., you know, do you feel like you would have done well in, in that era? Um, I do love 70s culture very, very much. I, my music style has not evolved past 1978. I still ex- pretty much exclusively listen to 70s music. Me too. It's, uh, it's the best decade of, of music. Oh, I loved it. I loved mm. it. Um, and I think as someone living in L.A. in the 70s, would I thrive? I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of obstacles being a person of color in the 70s. It would be a lot harder mm. to um, do anything, really. But in my fantasy world of if everything was equal in the 70s, I would have loved to have lived during that era. Well, what are the pros and cons of, of living in the 1970s L.A.? Well, I think culturally, it was a very exciting time in terms of the art that they were making. Like the 70s, there was a lot of really, really cool stuff because it was, and, and this goes in hand in hand, it goes hand in hand with the pro and con. A lot of the art was in response to that sort of pendulum swing going back to conservative values, which is a big topic on Minx. So it was, you know, we're back, we're getting, we're sort of falling into that Nixon era, mm-hmm. sort of that free love 60s movement was coming to a close we were getting a lot more conservative a lot more um racially tense um Mm. a lot like we have the uh sort of the the clash of the queer movement the uh feminist movement and the black movement that was all sort of like there was a lot of pushback there so politically speaking it was a nightmare, but artistically speaking, it was uh, it was paradise. Yeah, it coincides. Artistically, it's probably great because there was so much impression, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And like art doesn't art happens as a critique to society, so that that's always been true in uh, in just life. You know what I mean? Like once things hit the fan in terms of political or social movements the art will respond. So artists have always been, I think, political sort of pacemakers in uh, their statements, you know? So thank thank God for the artists. You're from New York too, right? I am, yeah. I'm from Queens, You're from Queens. New York. I, I'm, I'm from Westchester, Yonkers and White Plains and all those. Oh, no things. way. I went to school up there. I oh, really? Where, where at? I went to SUNY Purchase in Westchester. Oh, wow. Almost all my friends went to Purchase. <laughs> no way! Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. I loved it. I loved going to Purchase. Yeah, and I, I used to manage a wing restaurant in Westchester called Planet Wings, and uh, we delivered to Purchase. No way. Yeah. You probably delivered uh, some wings 
to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been in L.A. for a little while now, so what's the what are the pros and cons of living in L.A. in, in 2022? Um, I It's kind of weird because, you know, pandemic is a bit different. So mm. with an asterisk, um, I would say the best part of L.A. is the fact that you, like, have to sort of dig to find the things that you love about LA. Mm. It's such a big place and so spread out and you can find the weirdest, coolest stuff in LA. You know, um, I think the downside, honestly, the biggest thing about LA that sucks is that there's no bodegas at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in general, just Latinx culture is really just Mexican, right? It, there's not a lot of yeah. Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, uh, S- South Americans. Right. There's not a lot. Right. It's so interesting because um, it is like there's not a lot of Caribbean Latinx people in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. It's all sort of they're all in the East Coast. Um, but there's a bunch of awesome like. Mexican representation, Guatemalan representation. Um, it, it, it's, it's a lot of Central American representation, which I didn't see a lot in New York and like learning a lot about their culture. Right. I mean, pupusas I've had for the first time living in LA, they're incredible, you know? So mm. it, it's really cool. It's, it, I think culturally, like Latinx wise, it's, I'm not, it's not like a culture I like grew up, um, sort of being exposed to but i love it i love la mexican culture so oh, me freaking too. much and, it's, and especially the food the food is incredible the the mexican, oh, the food. The mexican food, food here is is similar to what italian food is like in new york i feel like absolutely yeah yeah it's 100%. It's, it's great 100%. but mm-hmm. uh we'll wrap it up here you heard it from him everyone at home follow oscar montoya on instagram and twitter listen to his podcast inside the disney vault and podcast killed the video star and catch him on minx available now on hbo max uh oscar this was awesome thank you so much for doing this thank you so much for taking the time to talk and uh this was so fun thank you for having me and now a word from our sponsors <laughs> Rotella Resale is your premier collectibles, toys, and novelty retailer. Action figures and statues by Funko, NECA, DC, Marvel, and more. Diecast vehicles by First Gear, Diecast Masters, Greenlight, and those hard-to-find models. Rotella Resale offers Zippo lighters, rock t-shirts, and toys from all the major brands. All merchandise is brand new and ready to ship. Shop now and receive free shipping on every order. Enter promo code VIDEO at checkout for 20% off your entire order. Visit RotellaResale.com. That's R-O-T-E-L-L-A-R-E-S-A-L-E.com. This episode of Interviews for the Mind is brought to you by Royal Organics Ethically Harvested Pure Kratom. RoyalOrganics.us carries several strains of high-quality kratom powder, capsules, and extracts from their product line. It's really the place to buy kratom. Want to learn more about the health benefits of taking kratom? Visit www.RoyalOrganics.us and click What is Kratom? They'll give you all the facts. Or just click the link in this episode's description. Royal Organics has such a good selection of products and free same-day shipping. So it's a no-brainer. Visit www.royalorganics.us.
This episode's also sponsored by Fuel Factor X. Listeners, the price of gas these days is crazy. But Fuel Factor X will decrease your fuel consumption by up to 20%. It'll increase your engine life 30 to 40%. Decrease maintenance costs. Increase your horsepower. Decrease friction from your car's pistons, pumps, and injectors. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit savingatthepump.com. That's savingatthepump.com. And it'll give you all the info you need on why Fuel Factor X is such a game changer. They have a 100% money back guarantee. It's EPA approved, won't void your vehicle warranty, backed by 20 years of science and testing. This is exclusive chemistry that won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1973. And you only need one bottle, opposed to the six different products that you'd buy from the auto parts store. Guys, this is great for anything that runs on combustible fuel. Vehicles, lawnmowers, tractors, boats, RVs. So you gotta visit savingatthepump.com and try Fuel Factor X today. Thank you for listening to Al Kane's Interviews for the Mind. I truly hope you've learned something. Idiots. This has been a Lug Hole Podcast.